Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. This week on Inside Today's Country, it's Eric Etheridge. We'll talk about his brand new single and new album that's due out very shortly. Eric was on tour with Gord Bamford when the whole COVID-19 pandemic started and the world started to shut down. We'll find out what it was like when that happened. And he and his wife have done something very unique to keep music going across Canada and the U.S. So we bought a Sprinter van and we spent the last uh, five months custom designing it and getting it, getting it custom built in Calgary. We put a stage on the roof. All that and more as we go Inside Today's Country with Eric Etheridge. Well, welcome to another edition of Inside Today's Country, and uh, this week we tracked down a a guy who I haven't had a chance to talk to uh, for a while uh, now. It is Eric Etheridge. Hello, my friend. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No problem. uh, Where do we find you today now? You're in Alberta, is that right? Yes, I'm just outside of Edmonton, Alberta at the moment. Got your your snow Um, shovel ready? uh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) It's it hasn't been the warmest summer that I've ever been a part of, but uh, no, I mean, it's, we've had some beautiful days, so that's good. But I'm, I'm used to the Southern Ontario summers and Nashville summers, which are usually really hot and humid. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the scenery out here in Alberta is just absolutely gorgeous. So it's really, really nice to be out here. That's excellent. Let's talk a little bit about uh, who Eric Etheridge is. Uh, a lot of people uh, may not know you, but a lot of people do know you from, uh, you know, numbers that I'm seeing here on, uh, you know, statistics from online uh, streaming and whatnot like that. But where did this all start for you? Yeah, well, I started, uh, oh, we're going back over 10, 15 years ago now, but I started playing uh, music and I, um, when I was about 17 or so, I, I, found out that I could sing, which is, which is kind of an interesting discovery for me. And, uh, I went off to school to do my degree in exercise physiology. And I, um, was always passionate about sports, athletics, diet and exercise, all that stuff. But as I I went through my university education, I developed this passion to sing and perform and, and, and started, started doing open mic nights, started going to coffee shops, started playing at bars, just doing covers and stuff like that. And um, I ended up getting into chiropractic school uh, in 2011. And a week before I was going to go to chiropractic school, I, I decided that I was going to drop out and just be a singer. Um, really? And then I chickened out, and I yeah, and then I chickened out, and I ended up actually going to chiropractic school for the first year. And I, I actually, honestly, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was what I wanted to be doing. Halfway through chiropractic school, the four-year program, um, I decided that you know what I've this this passion to perform and sing, like I'm going to regret it the rest of my life. if I don't really see where this is going. So that's when things uh, started to shift. I, I continued my education. Um, I graduated in 2015 as a chiropractor and uh, I, I ended up um, started recording and writing uh, in 2015, 2016, released my first single in 2017 to Canadian country radio, which went top 30. And it was a song called liquors calling the shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it would have been a good theme song for 2020, probably if I'm looking <laughs> back now, but, 
so uh i totally agree yeah, with you so that was yeah so that was kind of my uh entry into catch music back in 2017 so right before that what led to that was i, I was in a program called the ccma canadian country music association discovery program which essentially they take applicants they used to anyways it was 2017 was the last year i was in 2016 but they take applicants from all over the country have hundreds of applicants and uh, they narrow it down to the top eight. And then those eight people get flown to Toronto and they spend a week with the CCMA and they, they meet record label presidents. They, they go to Facebook, they go to Twitter, they go to, you know, they, they learn about the music industry and, and uh, the program is six months long. And then they, there's 45 judges that pick a winner. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being, I ended up being the winner of that uh, program. So I, I received the CCMA discovery award in 2016 um, and then that's what kind of led to me releasing a single and then re- recording my first album, uh, in 2018, the summer of 2018. So it was a bit of a year process of recording, going back and forth from yeah. my producer's place in Vancouver. And, and when I released that record, there was a song, an album track off there called if you met me first, which, uh, got actually randomly got picked up on the largest radio station in North America, like a satellite radio, Sirius yeah. XM, the highway. Yeah. And they, they played, uh, if you met me first, um, for five months straight and it played the heck out of it. And, uh, that led to me signing a record deal in Nashville and a publishing deal. So in 20, at the end of, uh, 2018, I was able to leave my practice as a full-time chiropractor and moved to Nashville, songwrite full-time. And, and uh, so I spent all of 2019 songwriting and performing. Uh, at the beginning of this year, I released a single, which was actually written by Dan and Shay, which is really cool. And uh, I was on a 60-day cross-Canada arena tour with Gord Bamford, um, which we were on date number three, and the, the pandemic hit, and you guys everything were, got canceled after you that. You guys were actually in uh, where I'm located, which is Brandon, Manitoba. You guys were actually yes, we in, were. You were in our city uh, when yeah. all hell broke loose. Absolutely. Yeah, right? that was an emotional show for us because, uh, you know, for, like just, just I can only really speak to my own experience, but it's been a dream of mine. Like I would, I would envision playing arenas like all the time, you know, that was a dream of mine was to perform in arenas for people. And I finally got onto an arena tour after six or seven years and, uh, three dates in it's, um, it got canceled. So it was kind of an emotional day for all of us because not only did it get canceled, we had we had no clue when or if that was ever going to happen again. And so that's the scary thought. Uh, and so, yeah, that was, it, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was a very, very, very tough time for my wife and I, mm-hmm. um, because within the same week, we not only lost all of our shows for the year. And, and for those of you who do not know, like artists, the, the primary way that artists make money is through performing live and, right. and selling, you know, selling t-shirts and essentially that's and selling tickets. Basically that's how we, how we make our living. Um, and, our, uh, so, so within the same week, you know, my wife and I were just newly married. We lost everything. We lost all of our income within the same, on the same day, uh, for the rest of 2020 and potentially 2021. So that was, that was a very scary time. Um, so we made the tough decision to move out of Nashville. We came back to Canada, sold a bunch of our things and we came up with this concept of living in a sprinter van. So we bought a sprinter van and we spent the last uh, five months custom designing it and getting it, getting it custom built in Calgary. We put a stage on the roof and, uh, it's, it's, 
every inch of it is designed so that we can take our shows on the road across Canada and actually across the U.S. and perform for people right in their front yard or their backyard or on their street uh, or even in a parking lot somewhere. So we can do the put on these socially distanced shows, and uh, so we, you know, we that way we can afford to uh, afford to continue to to uh, make our music, and we can also you know bring live music to people in a time where live music's not really allowed to be to happen. So yeah. that's wow. been really cool. Um, what is mm-hmm. you got you got an am, so, you got an amazing story, man. I mean that that from thank you. I I didn't know anything about the whole chiropractor thing. I think uh, that's absolutely yeah. that's absolutely amazing. Um, and 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 what you guys are and how you're keeping uh, such a positive attitude and 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 you know the kudos for you guys for for turning this around and coming up with the idea to do the van. And see, it seems like everybody uh, you watch on social media right now is buying a, a small van or a van and, and you know, turning it into their living quarters and then just traveling around with mm-hmm. it. It's like the new, th- it's like a new thing. Yeah, it's a, it's really, it's a really cool concept. I mean, it's a, it's actually the, 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 they call it the van life or the van yeah. lifestyle. And it's, it's an exploding it's exploding like trend right now it's so it's so popular that there's only like i think in canada there's maybe three companies in canada that do it and they're all booked up a year in advance now like you can't you wow. couldn't get a van custom build if you tried right now even if you decided <laughs> if you wanted to pay to skip the line yeah like it and these things are these things are i mean they're definitely not cheap like they're six figures to build sure. um so it's yeah so it's not it's not the most accessible thing for people, but that's why a lot of people are selling their homes on their vehicles. I mean, at the time, uh, Kelsey and I, we had three vehicles. We each had a car and, uh, we had a, a touring like van that we would and trailer and stuff that we would use for concerts and festivals. And, yeah. and we, you know, I'm like, well, if we're going to be at home, we don't need to pay insurance on three vehicles. So let's get rid of them and buy a, a home on wheels. And, and that'll be our, our touring vehicle. So mm-hmm. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of question marks for people and, um, being a chiropractor, somebody who has actually a lot of like a training in public health and, and immunology and, and, uh, and like just like biology and microbiology. I, I have a, I have probably a more, unfortunately, uh, I'm not happy about it, but I have a more advanced understanding of how pandemics work than, uh, I guess your average country musician. And so we were able to, to see this most, pretty much every, every turn and twist of this whole pandemic. I think I, I predicted in, February. Really? Um, even down to the, the daily death rates in the United States. Like I predicted back in February that there was going to be two to 3000 people dying a day at one point within six to eight weeks, there was two to 3000 deaths a day. Right. Uh, it was, it was, yeah. And, but like the, the even broader implications were what does this mean for the live touring industry? Um, you know, I, I call it, I call it the silent, uh, the silent crash because no one's really talking about the live touring industry. Like, biggest um agency in the world the biggest uh live promotions tour uh, uh i should say company in the world has, has fired 70 80 percent of their staff yeah. uh agencies are are like probably on the on like the like talent agencies are probably on the brink of bankruptcy i mean i don't know for sure but right but they're they've i know they've let they've let go of 70 80 percent of their staff and with no real sign of that coming back anytime soon until until these major tours are allowed and arena tours and major mm. festivals, which is where a lot of these big corporations make, you know, probably 90% of their income. Um, and so it, it, it's not something a lot of artists are talking about. And, and I think part of that too, is because as artists, uh, 
we're afraid to, to appear negative on social media and not, and not that it, I mean, it's definitely a negative thing, but, but, uh, I more so come from a place of awareness. Uh, you know, I've anybody out there, if you have a, if you have a favorite artist, um, out there, please go support them, you know, go to, if they're doing a socially distance show or a live zoom or whatever, uh, you know, make sure you buy a ticket, buy, buy a t-shirt, uh, stream their music, share their music because, mm-hmm. Every little bit helps all your favorite artists out there, especially independent artists um, as well. So that's just my caveat, uh, you know, just just to help support the arts as a whole, because it's uh, an industry that got hit extremely, extremely, extremely hard by the pandemic and Mm -hmm. will probably be the last, probably be the last to recover out of anything. I would, is my guess. Yeah, well, you're not the first person actually to to say that. We've talked to a lot of artists on this and, uh, you know, who are, who are going through exactly the same thing you're going through. I mean, we've, you know, we, we've talked to them from uh, coast to coast uh, here on the podcast and uh, and yeah. it is it's a massive thing i mean you you look at all of the the crew people that that work behind the scenes and you know yeah. uh, all the musicians that you bring along with them i mean not necessarily you know you're the head of you know you're the you're the guy in the front of the stage but there's all those people behind you uh who who have Absolutely. lost their who have lost their income and and we're hoping that this you know will return we're seeing kind of like what you're doing is the social distancing shows uh, a lot of people are doing the drive-in things. I know, uh, you know. I think Brett Kissel was the first one who kind of kicked off the the, the social totally. the drive-in shows, which I think was a brilliant idea, uh, because mm-hmm. you know the general public wants to get out there and they want to, you know, support and see you perform. So I think what Absolutely. you and your what you and your wife are doing, uh, traveling across Canada, which will will you know get the information for you so we can put it on the show notes of this. Uh, what you guys are doing is is absolutely amazing, and it gives you a chance to get out there and make some dollars yourself, and then also entertain the, also entertain the fans that that want to see you. Well, thank you. We appreciate. It. We're we're very excited about it, Sam. And, yeah. And uh, it's you know one of the things. So uh, I can get into this this our beginning of the pandemic story a little later if you like. But uh, one of the things that we noticed on our we drove across Canada right at the right when the pandemic started. We we drove across the country three times within okay. a matter of like four weeks. And, uh, and there's a, a story behind that. But uh, one thing that we were talking about and what inspired us to do this is just how incredibly beautiful Canada is as a oh, country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The landscape is so breathtaking and you don't really, re- and you don't really realize it unless you drive yourself across it. Uh, and so it inspired us to do this love on the road tour because not only will we get to play for people, but we get to showcase this gorgeous country that we're both from. Right. And we want to show the world what Canada's like. And we also want to show other Canadians spots in Canada that they probably don't even know exist. And that, you know, when this pandemic's over, they got to go and see these places for themselves. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Anyways, a little tangent, but that's, uh, we're right, very now, lucky to be Canadians. Now I have to ask you why you drove across Canada three times. Yeah. So this is a, <laughs> this is a crazy story. So as Good. you can imagine, yeah. So this is like this is like uh, okay. So I remember because I I remember having a conversation with JoJo Mason about this and <laughs> and uh, okay. So go back. I'll, I'll try and summarize it as quickly as I can for you. But oh no, you got lots January, of time. No worries. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, back in January, my wife Kelsey said, uh, "Did you hear about this virus in China?" And I was like, "Virus in China?" They're like, "Yeah, it's like uh, you know." She didn't say much about it, but I was like. You know, based on my medical knowledge, uh, I know that it's been that the scientific and medical community has been expecting a global pandemic for the last 40 years. So right. uh, the last major pandemic was in um, 
1918, which was the Spanish flu, and that killed 40 million people worldwide at least, right. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but not a lot of people know that history, right? I just know it because of the classes I've taken on pandemics, literally. Mm-hmm. On pandemics. I think a lot of more people have, um, have a lot more people have looked into the the Spanish flu, uh, you know, since yeah. since COVID started. I think I think a lot a lot of people yeah. have, have have done the research on that now. Totally. And I think it brought a lot of light to that. And mm-hmm. one of the things that people, um, I think I, I had a very interesting perspective on the pandemic because I think, I think, you know, just seeing the reactions online of people, a lot of people were angry. A lot of people were scared. A lot of people were just upset that they lost their job or that things weren't open anymore, which I totally understand and can empathize with all that. But I guess where I came from was like, I have a pretty solid understanding of the severity of this, uh, just from the hit, the nature of how this works and, and the history behind it and like, you know, like what could happen. Uh, so yes, we are much more advanced in 2020 than we were in 1918. However, sometimes that can work against you in a pandemic, you know, how quickly people can travel around the world with, you know, the, the travel infrastructures we have would spread a contagious virus like wildfire. And it did, uh, you know? Um, so I was watching the numbers in China uh, every day and night. Cause I was like, Oh, this, this could be bad. I mean, uh, you know, and then, I, and then, so it was probably the end of January. I was like, you know, Kels, um, if this spreads all over the United States, we need to move out of Nashville. And she thought it was nuts at the time. And she's like, no way. Like, it's not going to happen. And I was like, I don't know. So a couple weeks later I go for rehearsals in Lacombe, Alberta with Gord Bamford and his crew. And I'm, I was telling Jojo Mason about this. I'm like, have you heard about this coronavirus? And he's like, no, man. Well, I heard somebody talking about it. I'm like, dude, I think it's. Gonna, I, I think this is going to shut the world down. He's yeah, like, yeah. man. He, and he was he was like, dude, you're giving me anxiety. He's like, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about it, kind of thing. And I laughed, but like, you know. So we go back. Uh, I go back to Nashville. Things are getting worse and worse. Um, I it probably beginning of February. I was like, I was like, the world is going to shut down, and uh, so we. So I go to Kelsey. I was like, you know, we need to go to Costco, and we need to start buying some supplies because there's going to be a panic. And you didn't buy like, toilet paper, did you're you? Crazy. You're that guy who started the whole toilet paper rush, then, did you? No, I. Didn't. Well, I didn't. here's here's how I looked at it. Here's how, <laughs> people are like, why are people why are people fighting over toilet paper? So what I said to Kelsey is like, we're not going to hoard toilet paper or water. Just need enough for about two months. Yeah, which is actually not that much toilet paper. It's no, not really, no. Costco, not, yeah. really, mm-hmm. not, not really. Not really. Not really. You know, not really. <laughs> maybe I think maybe even one pack from Costco. Yeah, you'd be good. Uh, so I was like, I was like, we're not. We don't need a year supply of toilet paper because the, the supply chains will figure themselves out in a couple months. I'm not worried about that. But what I don't want is to have to be in the panic frenzy of when everyone's hoarding supplies. I don't. I don't want to be involved with that because mm-hmm. with, when you got a virus spread around and you got long lines and fights at Costco, I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> none of us need to be involved with that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we just went, and I remember going around Costco, and like hand sanitizer was still available, and mm-hmm. toilet paper, paper mm-hmm. towels were still available, and. So I like we didn't you know we didn't hoard it but we bought enough like okay what what are we going to use in about eight weeks yeah and within a week after that panic buying sets in to- you can't find toilet paper anywhere Lysol is gone permanently yeah <laughs> and uh, hand sanitizer like, is unavailable so I was like yeah so then the next thing I say to Cal is like I was like okay well I had to fly back because we had our first shows with the Gore Bamford tour and I'm like honey this tour is not going to finish like I really don't think it is and. And, uh, so I land in, I land in Alberta again and, and I was talking about the coronavirus in February and then the, the, the tour management team was like, 
they, they thought I was crazy back then. A month later, like they come to me, they're like, Eric, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, I think this is done. Like, I don't yeah. think this tour is going to, we're not going to make it through the month mm-hmm. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And they thought I they're like, you think so, right? And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, like I wish, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think this is going to go on much longer. Right. Sure enough, three dates in, we're in Brandon, Manitoba, shut down. Um, so the reason we drove across Canada was, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey's grandmother was visiting Nashville from Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. So she's super excited to be there because it's way warmer in February than Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. And uh, then the coronavirus pandemic hits. And we we didn't want to put her on a plane because she's high risk. She's got some underlying health conditions. And, and so we drove. So we, just, we made the decision to drive all the way from Nashville to Sarnia, Ontario, which is a 10-hour drive. Yep. Uh, stayed with my parents for a few weeks. And things were just continually getting worse and worse with the pandemic. They got in the day the day the borders were shutting day before the borders were shutting down. I think the the government made the announcement of like the borders are shutting down tomorrow. Uh, only Canadian citizens will be let in. So you know, get home. They just got home the night before, and borders shut down. Everybody's off work. Everything's closed. We made the decision to travel. Uh, to, we, Grandma, we we got it. We had to get Grandma back to her house in northern right. Saskatchewan. So we right. drove. 37 hours through uh around the great lakes because typically if you're going from sarnia ontario it's it saves you 10 hours to go through the united states but yeah, totally. borders were shut yeah, yeah uh so we drove around the great lakes 37 hours to northern saskatchewan <laughs> we get to northern saskatchewan <laughs> we had to quarantine for two weeks yeah it was crazy hit a snowstorm in winnipeg uh i was in winnipeg like we were in winnipeg and I, we were going to drive through it but we get on the other side of winnipeg roads it's a whiteout roads aren't even plowed yep. i hit a curb oh the no man like jumped over a curb i was, I was like nope we're gonna hotel nope, we're good. See you later. <laughs> not even dealing with it <laughs> right, yeah, we're gonna we'll go tomorrow when it clears up yep uh yeah because so here, like, here in manitoba here in manitoba we only we, you know we we only plow roads well you'll be lucky if it happens about you know january <laughs> Right. It's yeah. not like it's not <laughs> yeah. like Ontario. You know, when we lived in Ontario, I was always blown away how fast the snow was gone from the uh, street removal yeah. guys, and then coming it's, here to Manitoba, I'm like, oh, really? So we're waiting? Like, yeah, yeah we need to. Get, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I That's feel funny. your pain, man. I feel your pain. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable, honestly, in Ontario and like Toronto is unbelievable. Like, there'll oh, yeah. be a snowstorm by by eight a.m. Everything's plowed. Yeah, like, it's in gone. The entire city. Yeah, it's, they just have those plows running twenty four seven. It's like four on each road just like it's pretty impressive and the amount uh, of so salt the that they dump down there too is crazy yeah yeah uh, yeah the roads there's salt all over your clothes and your, oh, your yeah. car all winter yeah. for sure yeah it ate my, um, ate my car alive <laughs> yeah absolutely excellent absolutely. all right so, so, you, so yeah, you're we, getting we in winnipeg that. you're stuck there you're, you're you're all right we'll move on now yeah so we figure we we have to we have to go back. Well, we hadn't moved out of Nashville at this point, right? Okay. We, just, we just evacuated Nashville. We didn't, we had all of our stuff still there. Okay. So we get uh, a couple weeks into in, in Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. And then we, okay. Like, well, we got We got to go back. Everything we have is in Nashville. Right. We went, we drove 37 hours back to Sarnia, uh, stayed for a few days to rest and then made a plan. And we, we got my van and trailer. We brought everything. Uh, they let us through the border and we brought everything back to Nashville loaded everything up within a couple days moved uh all that back to sarnia we sold uh two two vehicles two trailers we we sold a bunch of our stuff put everything else in storage and then we drove our we had all we had left was our honda civic and uh at this point we we sold all the stuff because we decided we were going to buy a van and live in a van this is 
yeah. April 15th, yeah, okay. roughly. Okay. Uh, so only okay. like three months ago. Yeah. So we we packed everything we could into our Honda Civic uh, that we had, and and we drove that straight to Edmonton in three days. Traded that in for the van, and we've been here uh, while the van, for the last few months while the van's been being built, and we've been planning this whole love on the road tour idea. We've uh, we're we want to film like a, a tv series with it and mm-hmm. and uh and so it looks like uh within the next few days everything will be finally done and we're gonna be heading out on the road so very wow. very excited for it but it's been yeah we went uh we drove probably the equivalent of fifteen thousand kilometers in, <laughs> in the first like six weeks of the pandemic when everyone's staying home we're like we're on yeah we're road. on the road we're, we're going days. yeah we're gone for days and days but you know, luckily everybody was safe. Uh, we got grandma home safely and, and she's, she's doing great and loving her life back home in Saskatchewan and, and, uh, Saskatchewan and Manitoba have done very, very well in the pandemic. Considering uh, well, everything. yeah, no, like I mean, very, very few, we, you know. we were doing okay here in Brandon as, uh, we were looking at the, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers, uh, say a month ago, we were kind of bragging that we were the, the, you know, the, uh, the province that really didn't have a lot. And then all of a sudden we had this yeah. massive spike and, and, uh, yeah. and then, and now we seem to be kind of leveling off. I think the, uh, the infection rate got up to like 2.9 and I think we're down to, well, as of today, I think it was like 1.6 or 1.5. So, you know, and we're, right. we're steadily yeah. going down, but you know, the, the, it, we're going to see this ebb and flow of, of cases, uh, I think continue, uh, you know, until until next year. I mean, there's already people who are are very worried about the fall. I mean, uh, you know, kids going back mm-hmm. to school, and uh, we're already seeing, yeah. you know, infection rates go up in uh, in Quebec, and uh, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's only gonna we're only gonna have another, you know, another. I think another wave of it is still to come, and uh, you I know, agree. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. So uh, you know, you have multiple hand sanitizers on yourself. You wear a mask and. Uh, and uh, you know, keep your uh, keep your social bubble small. <laughs> so exactly, and, and your social and distance. Uh, I totally agree. I yep. totally agree. And, and uh, one of the one of the things I'm I'm a little nervous about, not, not so much for myself, but but for Canadians is, uh, you know, summer's been nice because we can go outside and yep. we can socially distance and socialize with our friends in a, in the backyard. You know, we can have, you can have a couple beers with somebody. Yep. You know, and, and you're not, your risk is super, super low. Yep. But what do we do in the winter when it's minus 30 in Brandon, Manitoba, oh, and you want to go oh, for someone's birthday party? <laughs> and, you know, it's all, in, it's all indoors. Everybody's indoors all the time. That's, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see, especially with, like you said, with school, yep. kids are the ones passing this on to their parents. Yep. And, that, um, and that's something that really worries my wife. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I work at home, mm-hmm. so I mean, really, I, I, I don't go anywhere. Uh, but my wife is, yeah. uh, my wife works, uh, you know, at a, in a retail store. She's a manager for a retail store. And, and honestly, yeah. it worries her, the fact that our son's, uh, our daughter's in university, but she's doing everything online, but our son's yeah. in grade 11. And, and uh, you know, you know, we're in uh, level orange here, which is uh, in Manitoba, in uh, Brandon right now, and the schools are kind of in yellow, and uh, yeah. you know they're worried about the the transmission rate of that happening. But at the end of the day, yeah. I, and I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it, is that we are going to make it through this as a society. Uh, you're very yeah. true to what you say about how fast this thing has gone across across our world. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was a study that was out today that said, you know, a thousand flights are coming into Canada, have have come into Canada with somebody with COVID-19 on them since February. 
that's going to yeah. co- that's going to continue yeah. for a while until we find a vaccine for absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. So yeah. I mean, uh, what you're saying and what you guys are doing is absolutely fabulous. We're hanging out with Eric Etheridge, by the way, on uh, Inside Today's Country, uh, who is a wealth of information, by the way. <laughs> wealth. <laughs> I, and I and I I, I you know it's sad uh, when you're when the tour got canceled. Um, I was hoping to get you guys into the studio where we are here, and uh, you know, and get to uh, to meet you face to face. You know, Jojo Mason and I are are good friends. Uh, he's he's one of the guys that uh, you know. Uh, I remember breaking his record uh, when he first started going, and uh, you guys were here in town, and I I uh, wanted to get over and say hi, but it was like you know, it was that it was that point where it was like mm, maybe we shouldn't. So. I, I think yeah. uh, if you're rolling no, through, I, if you're rolling through this neck of the woods when you're doing this love on the road tour, uh, make sure you swing by. I'm gonna, you know, I'll wave to you. <laughs> absolutely, Tim. you know, like oh, a, come down that. my know, come we, down we my street, them. man. We'll uh, we'll put you we'll put a yeah, microphone out front. We'd love to. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put not, a, we'll, we'll honk at you and be like, you know, it's uh, we want to be the Uber of concerts is what we want to do. Nice. You know? Get us. We need a nap. Is what we need. That's People what, just order us to their house. And yeah. We'll, well, I tell you what. You roll and, up to the front of my well, house, and I will serve you. Uh, you roll into the backyard. Actually, I will make you barbecue. Yeah. We'll barbecue for you when you get to Manitoba. We uh, have a deal. Tim. Okay. A deal. A deal. We'll we'll figure all that <laughs> okay. out at the end of the podcast. Uh, let's talk about yeah, your new song. Right. I'm very excited about your brand new tune. Uh, give me the title and tell me about it. Thank you so much. Well, this brand new single is uh, off my upcoming full-length album, and it's it's called Kiss Me Goodbye. I wrote this song with two fantastic songwriters in Nashville, Lindsey Rhymes and Matt Rogers, who uh, they, they both worked with and produced uh, Kane Brown, uh, Low Cash, Brett Eldridge, and actually, uh, I believe uh, Matt Rogers wrote uh, Brett Kissel's, uh, one of his latest hits, which was uh, Drink About Me, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, drink about me. Yeah, he. Um, so he. Uh, yeah, so they're both great, great writers. And um, the thing with this song, when I remember when I went in and I, I came with this idea of just I wanted to write a song that when people hear it, they want to get out of their chair and dance. They want to roll their windows down and want to crank the stereo up and, and blare this song because 2020 has been uh, one hell of a year <laughs> for everybody. And I wanted something that would just would just raise people's moods a little bit and put them in a good headspace. So. Yeah. That was the goal with uh, Kiss Me Goodbye, and the feedback so far has been great. I think it's already streamed 120,000 times in the first week, which is super exciting. I'm very grateful for, um, and I'm just excited to uh, to hear it on the radio. So, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, how you, I mean, your success uh, with streaming is amazing. Uh, you know, the, the, I've got some of the numbers here, but you just you've done so well online. What do you attribute to doing so well with the numbers online? Oh, thank you, Tim. Um, you know, I, I, you know, if you look at the, some people say, like, if I've just had conversations with people in the industry and they're like, you know, you've actually done a lot within a very short period of time. I mean, yeah. really, you've just had music out for two and a half years, is as long as you've had music out, um, officially, anyways. And, uh, I'll, you know, I, I wish I had the answer, to, uh, you know, to make this repeatable all the time, but <laughs> part of it is, uh, I think, you know, I'm, I have a, a great, I have a fantastic producer. I have a great team at Anthem Entertainment, um, you know, and, and I've had some supporters, some key supporters in the streaming world who have believed in me and, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well. I think, uh, it, and then, and then there was just the, you know, the anomaly, I think of, of my song, If You Met Me First. I mean, I think that song, yeah. it, it, it was this viral hit song where every platform that it was on, 
with yeah. no promotion, just streamed millions of times. Like yeah. it was not put on a, it, like on Spotify, for example, it was not put on a single playlist, not mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And it streamed, it streamed almost 6 million times. Yeah. It's, I, it's not one. Blows not my single, mind. Not a single. Yeah. It blows my mind too. And I'm, and I'm trying to figure out how to do it again. But uh. <laughs> you'll you'll get there, Matt. Um, you know when well, I heard when you. I heard the when I heard your new single uh, uh, was about a week ago, and you know mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a while, and I heard this song, and I went that that right there is a is a hit for Eric, and 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 what a great track it is. Thank it, it you. Just, it you know I, I sit here in my uh, in my studio and I played it, and I went. Yep, that's cool. We and you play it again. It was like it just fell in love with it even you know more and more every time we played it. So I wish you all the success with it, man. Tim, thank you so much. That makes me so happy to hear from you. So I'm I'm very very grateful. No problem. <laughs> thank you, buddy. And, I pre- and, and I appreciate the al- your guys' support. Uh, no problem. And the album uh, we're looking forward to that. That's coming out soon, is it? Yeah, we're well. It, things got pushed back a tad just because uh, we usually record everything at the the famous Armory Studios in Vancouver. It's an awesome studio. Yep. However, that shut down with COVID, so I'm going to be recording in my van. Uh, <laughs> and so okay, now uh, I now I really like want to see the van. Yeah. I really want to see the van. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you a picture of picture of it when it's done. But uh, <laughs> so the van is also. Oh yeah, it's another thing. It's, it has a stage on the roof, and it's a. It's a mobile recording studio, by oh the way. God. Uh, so, so it's a, it's quite the elaborate <laughs> setup. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, in Kelsey and I, we we plan this like we we want to be on the road for. It's probably going to be a two year adventure. Okay. Um, you know, as as the pandemic hopefully comes to a close within the next twenty four months, that's 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 what we're hoping. And yeah, uh, you know, we're, it's just going to be our it's our two person tour bus. So we're going to be we want to do theater shows. We want to you know, travel all over, all over Canada for sure. It allows us to get around to smaller towns and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, the record, it looks like within the next four weeks, it should be out. It's called Good With Me. Um, And it's, I'm very lucky to have worked with, with so many amazing writers in Nashville. Uh, You know, a lot of number one hit songwriters are on, are writers on it. And uh, like Dan and Shay is a writer on the record. And, and uh, you know, it's, I even have a track actually that I wrote with, Jason Blaine and it was me, Jason Blaine and Jimmy Thal from Sons of Daughters. It's, oh, uh, wow, it's yeah. a great okay. tune. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just, we just like, yeah, we, we all three of us love that song. I'm going to see if I can get their vocals on it too. I'm going to try, <laughs> going to try and swing that, but super free, but um, yeah. So no, it's, uh, it's, I'm very, I'm just very blessed. I remember I was thinking today, actually, as a matter of fact, when it was a struggle to get anybody to even write with me. And I was like, you know, I'm just, as crazy as the world has been, I'm so grateful that like, I look at this wreck, my very first full length album. It's like, I think every song, almost almost every song is the number one hit songwriter on it. Hmm. Uh, which is, which is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very, very grateful and I'm, and I don't take any of it for granted because this could all be gone tomorrow, you know? So, well, man, you've gone through an amazing, uh, time so far. And, uh, as I said to you at the beginning of this, uh, c- uh, kudos to you guys for, uh, you know, taking this, uh, pandemic by the horn and, uh, turning it into a positive, uh, spin on, on what you and your wife are doing. And I look forward to talking to her because I know she's coming up here on the podcast. Uh, we're going to have her on in another uh, couple episodes here. So I'm looking forward to chatting with her. If she's half as good as you are, man, we're going to be, you know, we'll be talking forever. 
<laughs> or is she, oh, she's even better. Is so, she better than be, you? All right, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't in wait every, to get. In every way. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't <laughs> wait to get. I can't wait to uh, to get her on uh, on this podcast because uh, uh, she's got a new single out, and uh, I hear that uh, mm-hmm. she's got some great success uh, with with what she's doing. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Eric, where are people going to find you? Uh, first of all, uh, how do they find you? Where the Love on the Road tour is going to be? Yeah, so uh, you can find it on social media at Love on the Road Official. Um, and then our website is www.loveontheroad.ca. And uh, we're going to have a YouTube channel as well, just Love on the Road. Um, so if people want to go ahead and, and book a private show or uh, have us come play in your community, you can just, there's an application to fill out on loveontheroad.ca. And then you can find myself at Eric Etheridge Music on, on all the social media platforms. And uh, yeah, even if you just want to follow along with our adventures um (laughs) (laughs) nice how long you do work on that one for (laughs) uh that's the best dad joke i got so (laughs) (laughs) eric etheridge hanging out with us on inside today's country uh look for he and his lovely wife on the road in their in their van and uh we look forward to uh, seeing you when roll through town here my friend all the best with the new single and can't wait to see the album thanks for hanging out thanks thank you so much tim for having me Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.